welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. And how as an everyday, 24-7, normal human being, we can operate in kingdom authority that transforms the world around us. The whole, the whole idea of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is we're swimming upstream. Not swimming with the world, swimming counter to the world. The whole concept of it is that while we live in a 21st century world and in a nation that is one of the greatest nations in the history of mankind, we in a very real way are citizens of another kingdom, of a higher kingdom, of a higher authority, and that it is that kingdom that really is the answer for mankind and mankind's ills. And how do we in a practical way bring that kind of power and authority into the world? Listen to me, dear ones. A power that is not motivated by domination, intimidation, and control. A power that is not selfish and self-centered and tyrannical. A power that is benevolent and whose greatest expression is love, mercy, and grace. A kingdom authority that is always bringing love, mercy, and grace. Come on, amen? How do we live? How do we live that out in practical ways? Father, speak to us today. Teach us from your word. Father, may your word be spirit. May it be life. May it enrich us. May it strengthen our faith. May it heal us. May your word transform us in areas that need to be transformed. Thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, I welcome your enablement upon me right now. Enable me to speak in Jesus' name. West of the city of Capernaum, on the north shore, teaching. And it's recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. He's finished that. He's walking back to the one. Will you join me there, please? I'm going to be reading from the NIV, because that tends to be the counters. When he came down from the mountainside, a large crowd, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I tell anyone. How do you do that? That is a funny statement right there. Don't have time to go into it. But go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. Now this is a Gentile, a Roman soldier, who commanded a hundred men. A centurion came to him asking for help, said, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, 
I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word, my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed that very hour. Wow. There, there is so much in, in these two stories. Is Jesus willing to go to the home of this Roman soldier? But notice the Roman soldier, he goes, you know, I really am not worthy to have you, you come to my home. And really, Jesus, you don't need to come to my home. I'm a man under authority. I, I know how this works. I say to this one, go, he goes. This one, come, he comes. When I give an order, they follow because that's authority. And they're under my authority. Jesus, now listen to this faith. Jesus, all you have to do is say the word. Just say the word. You don't have to come to my home. Just say the word. Isn't that incredible? There, there are some in this room today, you need a touch from Jesus in your life. And before this service is over, you're going to get that opportunity. But I want you to understand something. Jesus is the one that has that amazing authority. And he can say the word. And there's healing for your spine. There's healing for your damaged marriage. There's healing for your wounded son or daughter. There's healing for your broken spirit. There's peace for your worried, anxiety-filled mind. Jesus, Jesus just says the word. He just says the word. And, and Jesus, when he hears this Roman centurion say this, he, Jesus is just astonished. And he goes, are you kidding me? And he turns to the Jewish people in the crowd. And, and now he doesn't do this in fact, but his words are doing this. He goes, you, you see this Gentile here, this goyim, this dog? And you, you Jewish people, you, you have had Jehovah, you have had the Word of God. The rest of the nations would love to have had what you have had. And yet you don't believe the way he believes. He's astounded. He says, I've not found this great of faith. There is one other occasion that Jesus talks about great faith like this. And we're going to look at that next week. 
and look at the comparison of these two occasions when Jesus is talking about great faith. The interesting thing, they're both Gentiles. That's, that's the curious thing. Which ought to be speaking to us, church. Ought to be speaking to us. Are, are there times that those who are not yet followers of Jesus Christ, they're still searchers, they're still inquirers. Are there times it's easier for them to believe God than it is for us who are inside the house of God and we say we have great faith, but we let our faith get stuck in religiosity? i never forget several years ago on a Sunday morning I'm preparing to get myself ready to go to church, and I'm listening on the radio, and this whole guy, he spends 20 minutes of radio time telling people how God doesn't heal today, God doesn't do miracles today, God doesn't do this, God doesn't do that. And I thought, why would you spend that kind of money to tell people what, what God doesn't do? First of all, why would you want to serve that kind of a God? You know, he's just religious. Can I tell you, God is not in to religion. God loves you, wants a relationship with you. And not only that, he wants to touch your life in such a way. Your life will never be the same. Wow, hallelujah. Just say the word, Jesus. All you got to do is just say the word. See, that, that Roman centurion understood kingdom authority. Now, he was understanding it from the aspect of the, of the Roman kingdom. But the principle works the same inside the kingdom of Almighty God. And dear ones, what Jesus was saying when he was talking about the great faith of this Roman centurion, what he was talking about was this aspect of faith that a significant part of faith is when we know and understand and operate in the context of kingdom authority. And how kingdom authority works. See, God, from the very beginning, when he originally created man, he designed man to live and operate in the context of kingdom authority. Let us make man in our own image. In the image of God, made he him, male and female, made he them. We were made in the image of God. We were with a creative mind, with, with a soul and a spirit. We're, we're like no other living kingdom on earth the animal kingdom the plant kingdom the natural kingdom all of that out there there's nothing like mankind because we're made in the image of God and we are made to be vessels of God's glory and we are made to be the steward of all that God created and God gave to us the kingdom authority to be steward over everything he made Psalm 8 4 to 8 what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou hast put him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast left nothing that is not put under his feet. 
God gave us authority over everything He created. That is why the Scripture says, at the end of time, man will judge angels. We are going to get the opportunity to deal with every one of those demonic angels that has tormented us. I cannot wait. Demon that has harassed me all my life, you go to the lake of fire eternally. Get out of here! <laughs> the amazing thing is, oh, my mic just went away. It, the amazing you know what it is. He's getting back at me today. The amazing thing is, we don't have to wait till the end of time to exercise that kind of kingdom authority. When God said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, take dominion. This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. When God said those words to Adam and Eve, it's interesting because in the Hebrew, God chose military terms right there. And you kind of have to wonder, now why would God, when, I mean, He's just made Adam and Eve, and He's put them in this perfect garden. They have a perfect life with a perfect relationship with God, a perfect relationship with the animal kingdom, a perfect relationship with the, veg, with the plant kingdom, a perfect relationship within themselves. Why would He give them military terms to subdue and take dominion? Why would He do that? The reason is because there was another creature on planet Earth that had been living in the atmosphere of planet Earth for we don't know how long of a time, and God knew that they were going to have to deal with that creature also, and God was giving them authority to deal with Lucifer, the fallen angel, and all of those angels that had fallen with him. And in that statement, God was not only giving them authority over the animal kingdom, over the plant kingdom, authority to live in relationship with Almighty God, but He was giving them authority to deal with the fallen angels and the power and authority Lucifer had in his kingdom, and Adam and Eve had authority over his kingdom. The sad part is they commit high treason. And instead why that with God all things are possible. And God lives in me. Therefore, to me, all things work together to my good and all things are possible. Amen? Real quiet right now. See, dear ones, we must understand the level of kingdom authority that God has given to the disciples of Jesus Christ. Not just to the apostles. Not just to the 82 apostles that are recorded for us in the New Testament. Not just to the 120 people that were gathered in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the church was born. He gave this authority to His church. 
Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I give to you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Dear ones, that is not defensive, where the church is just hanging on till Jesus comes. Jesus is coming again. I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I know Jesus is coming again. But between now and when he comes again, Jesus Christ did not mean for you and I to stand here and let our brains be beaten out by a sinful, evil, filthy demonic force and a world that has given itself over to sin and pleasure and hedonism. He means for his church to be an expression of righteousness in the earth. He means for his church to be a source of healing and renewing and love, mercy, and grace so the world has hope. They don't have to live in that domestic violence. They don't have to live in that drug-infested home. They don't have to live with a broken spirit, a broken heart. They don't have to live as a victim the rest of their life. They can live in resurrection life, victorious over the devil. Okay, I got that Pentecostal bend out of me. I'll just teach again for a little while. If the church is just religious, the world has zero hope. If all we're doing is bringing them to another religion, there's zero hope. We, we haven't seemed to understand yet that religion is a source of war and violence and crime. And Jesus never meant for that. He meant for his church to be the source in the earth of love, hope, and faith. And that love, hope, and faith would bring mercy and healing to everyone broken. and healing to everyone broken. No victims, healing to everyone broken. I don't have to live in my... I've shared with you the story of how God, when God called us to Portland in 1990, God gave me a certain neighborhood that I was to prayer walk every day Actually, at that time, I was still running before I, I had the car wreck that ended my running. And uh, I would run that area, and I would pray and shout righteousness into this park that was a gorgeous park. But no one would ever go there because it was a shooting gallery. And anytime you went through there, there were needles and just junk. It was just, it was just a horrible place. But after two years of prayer running, that it transformed families began going there the drug dealing was pushed out of there 
Then they put an aquatic center in there. And then the baseball field was being used again. Then the tennis courts were being used again. And then every weekend, it was filled all weekend with families doing picnics and things. Totally transformed that park. I'd shared that story. And we had a young a young couple that began coming to our church there in Milwaukee that were students at Multnomah School of the Bible and they had never really been taught kingdom authority like this and so uh, Dan came to me and said Pastor would you have lunch with me because man this kingdom authority thing I'm not sure would you would you I said sure so we had lunch together and, and, and he asked questions about the kingdom authority I showed him scripture all I did was just show him scripture how many know it's the Scripture? Amen? The Scripture is the authority. I just showed him Scripture. And he came to me about three months later and says, I want to have lunch with you again. I want you to teach me about the Holy Spirit. And I thought to myself, a Multnomah student, you are in deep trouble, son. But I said, I'll have lunch with you. And so we met then again at Burgerville right across from Multnomah School of the Bible. We had lunch there again, and I began teaching. I said, but before that, I got to tell you what happened. He said, I began believing this kingdom authority thing, and he said, these people right next door were dealing drugs to us, and I thought, not, no, no, not as long as I'm living here. He said, I began prayer walking around that house. He said, you're never going to believe what happened. He said, in less than 30 days, they moved out, and a really nice family's moved in there. I said, kingdom authority, right? He said, yeah, now teach me about the Holy Spirit. Well, we messed him up. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. His wife got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they've been in, in full-time ministry for years. They actually came on staff with us and was on staff with us for five years. It just, just fun watching God transform lives. Way back in 1984... There was a restaurant in the city of Olympia called Captain Coyote's. A new owner bought it and turned it into a striptease place. And two nights a week they'd have male strippers, the rest of the time they had female strippers. And it was a blight in our community. And one day Father said to me, I want that property. I said, okay. He said, I want you to start prayer driving around it and claim that for my kingdom and for a church to be there. I said, okay, Father. So I began prayer driving around it. Then one day he said to me, I want you to go. I want you to walk around it seven times, proclaim it to come down, and proclaim it mine. I said, okay, Father. So I went over to Captain Coyote's. I prayer marched around there seven times, stood back. This was early in the morning, by the way. So (laughs) I didn't do it while the people were there because I thought they might arrest me or something. So I just prayer walked around. I stood back, and I proclaimed in the name of Jesus the powers of darkness to come down and this building will be a church for the kingdom of Almighty God. Went on my way. Wasn't very many days later, above the fold, banner headline in the Daily Olympian, Captain Coyotes goes bankrupt. And I thought, how is that possible? Every night they had people all the way around it. I mean, just waiting to get in. How is that possible? I thought, and Father said, with me it's possible. I said, yes! And so it closed down. A few months later, I get this phone call. My secretary says, said, Pastor, 
I think you're going to want to take this call. It's from another pastor. I said, okay. So he goes, he says, Pastor, this is Don Nichols. You don't know me. I've been pastoring in Oregon. I've just moved to, to Olympia. And I've been told I need to get in touch with you. I said, well, brother, great to meet you. Want to have coffee? He said, sure, but I got a question for you. I said, okay. He said, well, I've been looking for a piece of property. And he said, I've been looking at the old Captain Coyote's building. What do you think? I said, get in there. <laughs> and I got to serve communion for the first time for that new congregation. We did a Sunday night joint service. We went and we joined them, filled their place up, and, we, and I got to serve communion. And the altar, the altar was right where the bar used to be. It was so fun. Dear ones, kingdom authority. We do not have to let darkness linger in our neighborhoods. We do not have to let darkness linger in our families. We do not have to let darkness have strongholds in areas of our community. No, dear ones, we have the authority to drive out the powers of darkness and to release the light of Jesus Christ to bring the righteousness of God. Come on, amen? We got to understand online today for more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ. Visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com. 